Hello everyone, I want to thank you for tuning back into another episode of Bell's 2020, a 2020 vision of the 2020 election. Right here on KPC Radio today, we have a very important issue that we are going to be discussing. We're going to be discussing the effects of the coronavirus and how it is affecting the people. Today, we have Julie Rickema on the show. She is risking her health every week in a small town called Saugatuck, Michigan, where she is packing up to 1,200 breakfasts and lunches a week for the school kids there that still are in need of their foods and schools, their food from their schools that they supply during the school year. Thank you, Julie, for coming on Bells 2020. I want to welcome you to the show. Thank you. First of all, can you just tell us a little bit about what you do to help the kids weekly? Absolutely. Uh, me and a few other uh, ladies, we go to our local elementary school and we prepare prepackaged meals for about, we, we pack roughly about 1,200 meals um, for the kids. So they're getting seven meals, seven breakfasts, seven lunches for a week until we go back the following week and then we do it all over again so we have you know my end is i deal strictly with the breakfast so you know it's frozen maybe frozen bagels and frozen uh you know fruit bars and items like that that we that i pack along with fresh fruits and juices and etc so that's what i do on my end but we are fully um, equipped. Thank you. Uh, we are getting some mass donated for, to our little crew. I have to give a shout out to you guys for helping with that. Oh, and yeah. Then we, we just pack up our meals and call it a day. That's just so awesome. How, how do the kids get the meals? Do they get delivered to their homes or do they pick them up? Okay, so what we do is we have a group of um, people that take them. We, we box them, all the meals up, and that, that's on Thursday. And then Friday we have um, a crew of some teachers and a couple of bus drivers, and they take and load those meals. And, yes, the bus drivers drive to the um, students' bus stops, and either the students come out or the parents and get the meals. And then we also have two other locations, um, one in Douglas. It's called the old, uh, old Schoolhouse. And then we also have a delivery set up at Snap Fitness uh, in Saugatuck. So there's a couple different options. Oh, so they can just go pick up the food there. They don't even, they, you guys are still practicing social distancing then. Oh, absolutely. 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 Um, Saugatuck, Michigan is known kind of to be more of a wealthy community. Um, do these kids depend on these meals in order to have, have food? Well, that's a kind of a... Misnomer, I would say, because Saugatuck is actually a vacation tourist area. 
So there are a lot of people that have second homes from other states here. Um, but we have working class families that live in this community. And yes, children depend on the food. We also are a um, school of choice. So we have kids that don't technically live in our area, okay? Mm -hmm. But they come from other, other areas to come to our school. So yes, kids depend on this food, absolutely. How would one qualify if they, if someone's out there listening and they might say, hey, I need help or I don't have enough food for my kids, how, how do they qualify? Do they go to the school district or how does that work? Yes. They would actually call, and I'm sorry, I don't have the phone number. They would actually call uh, Saugatuck Middle School High School or call the Douglas Elementary School. Someone is available, I believe, on Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. They also have email uh, that, <clears throat> excuse me, could um, they could email the people as well. But definitely call Saugatuck Public Schools, and we will set they will set you up because we've also opened it up to uh, the age category of 18 on down. So it isn't just technically kids that are in school but are 18 and down we will supply meals for them it's, that's awesome it's so awesome it is. how emotional is this for you to know that children are having problems getting enough food to eat while the pandemic is going on yeah uh it it really does tug on my heartstrings because those kids are like an extension of my family Okay, I've had my family, they're all born, obviously they're born and raised and all adults now. So this job was actually perfect for me because I, I love kids. So this was perfect. I just was able to walk right in and I knew some of the children because I'm a local. I was born and raised in Douglas and they can't get rid of me. So <laughs> I... I I know a lot of these children since they were babies. My own um, nephews attend the school. My great nephews and nieces attend the school. So it weighs heavily if I know there are kids that are going without food. They are like an extension of my own little family. Mm. I love And you don't have just I a like little family. How many kids do you have? <clears throat> I have six children. <laughs> wow. Six kids. Yeah. And uh, tell me a little bit about your kids. Okay. Uh, let's see. Well, I'll just start from the top on down. <laughs> <laughs> so there's six, and I actually had three boys and three girls. Um, I have a son and his family. They live out in California, and they have three children. And then I had a daughter and son-in-law that live in Florida. And they have two children. I have a son and his wife. They live in Chicago. I have another daughter who lives in Kalamazoo, Michigan. And I have a son who is a state trooper in Alpena, Michigan. And I have a daughter 
my baby, who uh, was supposed to graduate this year from the University of Michigan, and it has been, we don't know if it's been postponed or canceled, but yes. So all the way around, you know, the kids are spread out, and they're all affected by this, by the COVID. You answered, you, you basically almost answered my next question. Um, I know that your daughter is at U of M, right? Yeah. So how is it affecting her at U of M not being able to graduate? Um, is the campus completely shut down or how are they keeping themselves yes. safe? There are no um, students in the dormitories. Uh, my daughter actually is in an apartment with uh, two other roommates. Um, so it affected her. You know, that, that's, that was a hard one to handle um, because, you know, she worked so hard, just like all the other graduates. I'm not discounting anyone else, but I can speak personally of my daughter because she, you know, worked so hard to maintain a good grade point to get into a great graduate school, and that's all... You know, all that wind was taken out of her sails. So now she's reduced to, um, she is reduced to um, finishing up her last semester online. You know, it just kind of took the wind out of her, out of her sails, you know. It's, and she has to make a selection for her graduate school now online without visiting these campuses, you know, it, it's impacted her greatly. Yeah, and then you also have a son that you said is a state trooper. Um, mm-hmm, yeah. yes. How is the stress of that on a daily basis? For me, it is um, just being his mother. It is very stressful. It is extremely, I, I worry greatly about him because he can be exposed to COVID and, you know, he's, he's taking his um, duty as a police officer to serve and protect very seriously, but <clears throat> that concerns me. As for anybody in that profession, you know, they are putting their lives at risk. So do they constantly wear masks, or do they, I mean, do they just they continually? Gear, yes. Oh, okay. They have protective gear, yeah. But, you know, I'm sure there are times that I don't know about that they don't need to put that on, or what have you, you know? So it's, uh, I don't know. I just, I worry. Yeah. yeah. I worry. Does he have children, too? No, he he is single. Oh, okay. Well, he has a girlfriend, but he's not married yet. What um what types of reactions are you getting from other parents, you know, like yourself, that you're helping their children being able to maintain and get food still, even though they're not in school? Yes, when I um well, I posted a picture a few weeks back. Um me in my mask and just the boxes of food displayed behind me. It was just a little snapshot I took with my phone. And um, there were several comments 
uh, from parents saying thank you. You know, I don't, obviously, with uh, being a uh, stay-at-home order, I don't see the parents. <laughs> so, but, you know, I've had a few comments on Facebook and that sort of thing that, you know, they do seem appreciative. So, and I even had one mom reach out to me. They missed the bus last week, the bus drop at their home. And she reached out to me and she's like, oh, my gosh, you know, we didn't uh, get our food. Uh, do you know what happened? And I said, unfortunately, I don't. Um, but there are the two other locations that you could go, you know, go visit and see if there's food there. And they actually did. They went to one of the locations and picked up food for their, uh, their children. Because I think they had five. Oh, wow. Uh, yeah, yeah. Is it, one, is it every kid qualifies for one breakfast and one lunch per day? Or is it just per family or...? No, it's every student, every student. So um, we have a free and reduced lunch program, mm-hmm. and it is primarily offered for those students. Those are the ones that, you know, are in need. So those are the ones that, those are the ones that tug on my heart, on my heartstrings, <clears throat> is making sure that the ones that are on the free and reduced get Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yes, that. You know, very, very important. Right. And there's some children, I'm sure, that they have signed up just because parents are out of work now. You know, maybe they did not qualify for free and reduced at the time, but we have opened that up for anyone under the age of 18. So we cover the whole gambit of age groups and, um, if you want to call it class qualifications or whatever, it is opened up for everyone. Oh, that's great. And where are you guys getting the food from? Is it donated? Is the government providing it? No, we um, we have, you know, through the uh, food service, which is a, a government-funded program. So uh, our lead... Our supervisor, she actually orders through this um, company called Gordon's Food Service, and she picks out the food. And a lot of times what she has picked out isn't available, so, you know, we're trying to figure out what is a, you know, complete protein and carbohydrate count and sugar count for these kids. So, you know, each week it's something a little different. But we get it hammered out and we get it figured out where everybody's getting a balanced diet. That's so great. Yeah, it is. It really is. It really is great. We work work hard to make sure that our kids are fed. Yeah, and if all of us do our little part, because you live in a little little town in Saugatuck, Michigan with, what, 938 people? But it's, if... I don't, I'm not quite sure how many people, but I think the last time I read that might just be downtown. But you feed, um, everybody does their part, and then people give back, and it just works, you know, the whole world around. It's just great. Right. Yeah, exactly. Okay, so we're going to talk, oh, I'm sorry. (laughs) We're going to talk a little politics. I know that, you know, not everybody's keen on politics, but it's just a little advice or a little um, of your opinion. Um, how do you think Donald Trump is handling the epidemic in Michigan? How do I think what? I'm sorry. How do you think Donald Trump is handling the epidemic in Michigan? 
Um, uh, that is a good question. I feel that our governor is doing a fabulous job. You know, I look at the, I'm trying to look at the whole picture. And according to our president, the governors are going to be allowed to govern their states. And I know that um, Gretchen Whitmer and President Trump don't see eye to eye. But in my opinion, everybody just needs to stop and think about what is best for the entire country. Put your politics aside. Let, if you're truly concerned about the American people, put your stuff aside and start doing what you're supposed to for the people. I think Donald Trump has made some big mistakes. And I don't know if he'll be able to recover from those, but I myself support our governor and what she is doing in our state. This is the first time anyone's had to deal with a pandemic. And so everybody is learning across the board. The data comes through. They are researching and trying to do what is best for Michigan. And I pray to you know, God that it's being done across the board in each state. We just need to get this under control. And I don't care what Donald Trump thinks about Gretchen Whitmer. I really don't. I, She's doing I'm a, a fan. fabulous job. I, I like her a lot. And I like that she really took control right away and was mm-hmm. like, no matter what, this is I'm doing what's best for the Michigan people. I want to keep them safe. And, you know, there's different governors across the country that have done the same thing. You know, you got New York's governor. you got California's governor. Um, they're just yeah. being extremely strict on, uh, you know, keeping the distance. And it seems to be working, you know. I think that... It does seem to be working, yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's what we just need to keep doing. Um, I will continue going outside. I am not going to be one that's going to be inside because I don't think that's healthy. You know, I listened to actually a couple of doctors from California. Uh, Dr. Dan Erickson was one, and I'm sorry, I cannot remember where he was from exactly in California. I want to say the L.A. area and what hospital he's affiliated with, I don't know. But he explained that people need to go outside. People need to, healthy people need to keep their immune systems healthy. Mm. So if you stay shut in and you avoid, you know, contact, you know, with anything, when the flu season hits again, everyone's going to have a compromised immune system. Mm. And everyone's going to get sick 
So we need a healthy immune system. So I agree with those two doctors. They were saying that, you know, they, yes, keep your social distancing, but they don't believe in wearing masks. You know, they were saying that everybody's so scared now that even people that have chronic health disease, you know, health issues like emphysema, heart disease, diabetes, that sort of thing, they're afraid to go get hospital treatment because of the COVID. Those are the people that need to go to the hospital and Mm -hmm. be seen, Mm -hmm. but they're afraid to. Mm -hmm. All right, we have time for one more question, and this is the question of the day. According to New York Times, President Trump's suggestion on Thursday at a White House briefing that an injection inside the human body with a disinfectant, like, for instance, bleach, would help combat the virus. What is your response to this? I know that you're a very healthy and uh, health nut person, especially when it comes to people and what you put in your body. What is your response to this, and how do you tell people to, to look up and research and make sure that they're not, you know, injecting things into their body that they should not be injecting. Yeah, that was a major, um, okay, that was, I don't even know a word that would describe it. That was totally out of line. He put the American people at risk by saying such a, such a crazy thing. That is absolutely nuts. That is absolutely nuts. So I tell people, don't inject Clorox or whatever brand of bleach you buy. That is dangerous. Do not inhale Lysol. Do not do that. I cannot believe that came out of the President of the United States' mouth. So now we have these companies that are actually having to tell people not to drink bleach, not to drink Lysol. Do not inject these things into your body. So my opinion of that, I know you told me not to swear. That is BS. That's not a swear word. But I agree. That is BS. Yeah. Uh, you just put a whole bunch of people at risk by just saying something like that. Right, because we are supposed no. to look up to the President of the United States and what he says or suggests, like, okay, maybe you never know, you know, like... And there, there has been reported that people are, are trying this. That's why I wanted to get your opinion, I and I want you to tell and people. And now major manufacturers are coming out and having to make claims to not to ingest these products. I mean, what was he thinking? What on God's green earth was he thinking when he said that? He could not have had any medical data to back that up, I'm certain. And he isn't even a medical doctor. He, he is not a medical doctor. So he should keep his mouth shut when it comes to the medical side of things. Yeah, maybe he should just stick to the political side, you know? Let the doctors do the doctor stuff. Well, 
that's why they were hired, correct? Yeah. The doctors were hired to give the analytical data on the status of the COVID. You know, his details on immigration and whatever else, mm-hmm. but not when it comes to the medical safety of the population of the United States. Very well said. Um, so that's going to wrap up our show for today. First of all, I just want to thank you so much for taking the time, coming on, um, helping people. You know, that's just so great. It's what makes this country amazing to live in. Um, so thank you very much for coming on the show, Julie. And you are very welcome. I really you. appreciate it. Uh, And thank you for taking the time to listen to another episode of Bells 2020 right here on kpcradio.com, a 2020 vision of the 2020 election. Everyone, be safe, practice social distancing, wear your masks when needed, and uh, we'll see you soon. We'll talk next week.